Tot snel bij Good morning and welcome to River Radio School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and my guest today is Claire Cogan, teen specialist from Creating Calm. And we're going to be talking about all things uh, teenagers, but having a real focus on exams because they are coming up very soon for lots of you. Um, so, Claire, welcome. Good morning. Really lovely to have you back. Um, if you have any questions for Claire, you can email rachel at river.radio um, or you can send us a tweet or a message on Instagram or Facebook, all at River Radio Live. So, Claire, you've been here a few times with us, um, but just um, just for any new listeners, um, can you tell us a bit about you? Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, um, as you said, I run a, a business, I'm a founder of Creating Calm, which is a business which has evolved to support families, parents and young people um, through the navigating the teenage years. So my focus very much is supporting um both parents understand some of the challenges that we can face, um, but also for teenagers to understand themselves and what they might go through and helping them cope better. Um, I think we have a tendency to dread the teen years um, and, you know, um, kind of have a real struggle with anticipating all the difficulties. But I like to flip that on its head and help parents understand how amazing their teens can also be. Brilliant. And I think you, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there because it can kind of be, um, you know, we kind of get so immersed in it, don't we? Mm-hmm. And, and sort of take on. I know one of the things I've been trying to do since, um, you know, you, having you regularly on the show and learning so much more about teenagers is actually just stepping away and not taking it personally, which is yeah. really hard, it's isn't it? It's that really taking hard. it personally. Yeah. And I think, you know, teens obviously have more language, more vocab than when they were little. And, you know, we have to think of teen brain a bit like the toddler brain when they used to throw themselves on the floor in the supermarket when you wouldn't let them have the, that packet mm. off the shelf or whatever. Um, but teenagers will still have tantrums in, in, in the way that they do but their verbal the way that they can verbalize and vocalize can often be quite difficult for us because they can say things that can be quite hurtful yes but they're not doing it in a way that is intended to hurt you you know we often come at it from that adult well they're 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 doing it to upset me but actually they don't think like that their brains don't think like that it's very much they just react in the moment same as that toddler throws himself on the floor um but yeah it's hard not to take it so person you know personally when they are kind of verbalizing things <laughs> <laughs> and one of the one of the things I know that you talk about is um just the whole changes that are going on in their brain but also um teenagers understanding that and I you know I'm mm. not sure if we you know not are we at do teenagers really understand what's happening could we t- could we help them understand more what's happening well obviously they learn a little bit about school yeah but I, do they often think oh it's just me yeah they do and one of the I, I know answer your first question yes we could educate them so much better I think you know that there's very much a tendency if you think back to your own teenage years you know 
they will think it's only them feeling the way Mm. they're feeling they Mm. will think it's only them that are struggling with what they're struggling Mm. with and when you relate it to the brain it kind of takes it one it removes it from feeling so personal and so individual to them Mm. um you know teens are you know they will google everything and that can be a blessing and a curse and one of the biggest struggles we've got at the moment is teenagers almost self-diagnosing themselves with mental health challenges Uh. but that's great in terms of the awareness and understanding but it's what they then do about that information once they've got it and how they seek help and part of understanding how the brain works means it kind of helps them understand what what is sort of normal teenage brain development Mm. and what is beyond beyond that and when it might actually be something that they need to get help with and I think you know the issue with only having one side of the story Mm. is that as adults we need to kind of be talking about this more to sort of normalize it and say actually anxiety is not something you can fix it's part of who you are Mm. you know anxiety is normal but when it goes off the scale that's when we have to look at Mm. what's going on in your brain and I think that is that is where we're kind of maybe the dialogue is is not quite working at mm. the moment mm. um, particularly with post-pandemic is just yeah beyond beyond challenging at the moment so and you've um let's mention so as so you're a teen specialist but you're also an author I am an author <laughs> yes I said that 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 term's still quite unfamiliar to me but yes I am an author so tell us about your um your book so I wrote uh two books in the pandemic well a journal and a book in the pandemic the book was written for parents um to help them very much what we've just been talking about educating Mm. around the brain the teen brain what's normal what's normal teenage development um what teens can't help Mm. um taking the example of sleep being lazy you know um and why that's that's you know kind of we have to think beyond criticizing our teenagers for wanting to sleep more Mm. that kind of thing um and really to help them understand their teens a bit better and then the journal was written for teenagers to help them understand their brain um and help them with some practical ways of of working through um some challenges that they might face during Mm. the teen years Brilliant. Okay. Well, so one of the um, one of the big things that we that that obviously lots of um, teenagers have got coming up. There's obviously GCSEs, mm-hmm. um, but also even in the years below that, teenagers have got exams coming up, and then you've even got um, you know the groups of teenagers that have got their exams that are getting them into their next school yeah. and so on. So depending what what school system they're in. Um, so, I mean, what, how can we, how can we help with, with exams? Because it's not like when they're younger with their, you know, primary school where they actually want our help. Um, I don't know if I'm unusual here, but I'm finding that my teenager doesn't want <laughs> the parents help. But what do we do then in that situation? So, I mean, firstly, looking where we are at the moment. So we have, um, we have different, like you say, different um, years doing different examinations depending on their school system depending on what's happening we do know that the level of testing has gone up 
exponentially since the pandemic because we are we seem to be testing more to try and try and kind of establish where young people are in their learning because we've missed right. they've missed so much that's okay. what I've noticed so I've noticed even beyond A levels and GCSEs and um, there's a lot of lot more testing going on beyond the traditional once a year exams or whatever um, we are in a very very different place to 2019 we are working they if you think about exams back in 2019, the teachers knew what they had to teach. They had, a, you know, they had no interruptions in school. They delivered their curriculum. They knew the process of exams. They knew what was going to happen and they knew how. So they could deliver that to young people in a very straightforward, clear way. 2022, post-pandemic, we've got a situation where everyone's hedging their bets no one really knows how it's going to go we've got young people that have had massive interruptions in their education we've got a-level students who have never done a formal examination um in terms of you know yes, gcses of course. Yeah, they um, we've got yep. teachers who are frankly phenomenal um and they're yeah. doing they are brilliant and you know um full of admiration for everything they're doing but they're they're working in the dark a lot of the time because they don't know what's you know whether teacher assessed grades are going to be expected or whether yeah. it is just going to be based on exams they don't even know what the exam thresholds are going to be well, like you mentioned i remember you had mentioned before about how um the content had changed yeah how and that information was actually delivered quite late to teachers february which is that's crazy it's isn't nuts. it it's absolutely nuts so that's why um I'm a real kind of strong you know in terms of the teachers and what they've done they've gone over and above what what they've you know in the past they had a structure and they followed it yes yeah nobody you know so in terms of keeping our young people feeling calm and in control the teachers are doing everything they can but they can't be certain about anything mm. you know the even the content down to doing mock papers some of the mm. content isn't going to be in the actual GCSE examinations or the oh. A-levels because of they've had to reduce yes. it because of the, Im- the amount of disrupted schooling yes yeah the reason I say that when you ask about how parents can support is that is important to understand as a first step as a parent supporting a child through any test or examination if they've not have that consistency and the teachers are sort of working uh, working it out as they go along that is going to have an impact on them Mm. and it's not about then it, it leads on to it's not about the how much work they are doing it's how you are supporting them at home as Mm. parents Mm. um more than well how much work do they need to do to catch up to to get that whatever grade or pass Mm. that they need Mm. it's not about that we've got to detach ourselves from the outcome because we've had so much disruption Mm. over the last two two and a bit years so uh, so children who are taking um their gcses or the ray levels are they are they clear now at this stage what is actually going to likely to be in those exams they do know um I know my son was on a um school of giving him some information about an app and he was on it the other day to help him plan his revision and he said it was great because you put in the topic and then you put in the exam examination board and then he went ah or he then had to go through it all because some of it was still the content that wasn't going to be in the exam because the app hadn't been updated obviously to reflect the change in content oh, okay. so the, 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 the you know, teens are having to sort of you know be their okay. own kind of be quite discerning and make okay. sure that they are clear about what is going to be in their exams whereas before it was like well it could be any of this and this yes. is what you've learned and this is what you've got to revise but they're having to then dilute you know be in some subjects it's more 
it's been diluted down more than others. Yes. So, you know, it's 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 really, you know, it's an extra thing that they've yeah. got to think about. Because they don't want the anxiety of having to cover something or not cover something that's then not in there. Well, this, you know, my son, he said on the 7th of Feb when it all came out, he said, oh, great, we've just finished a topic that isn't going to now be in our GCSEs. Oh. And, you know, things like field trips. They mm. can't base any mm. of the exams on field trips because yeah. some schools have done and some haven't. Yeah. So yeah. it's all of that disparity and we think as adults we can handle that we go with the flow a lot more our brains are mature we're able to adapt these young people you know they've never done this before or they might be have had limited experience even like younger years yes yeah this might be the first time they've done tests or assessments or whatever and they really are taking on a huge amount on those young shoulders yes yeah Um, and the reason I say that is that's the awareness that we as parents need to, to work within. Yes. So when we're getting stressed, if they're not motivated or they're not doing the work or they're not doing it or not doing enough or they're disappearing off or, you know, they're wanting to do other stuff. This is why mm. they, they, they actually need more care and more nurture during mm. this time mm. than maybe in the past. And not, and that care and nurture then isn't us saying, should you be sitting at your desk? doing more no I've learned the hard way with that okay so being a parent who's living it at the same time you will get young people who are really on it and they'll just plan it all out and whatever um but I really in the early early stages um early part of this year I really had to I sit on my hands um, right because my temptation was to encourage support yes but reminding was like a red rag to a bull because I took a step back and after a couple of instances where I just got, you know, a reaction, you know, kind of a, 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 a annoyance from my son yes. of leave me alone, I, I you know, s- stop going on at me, is that actually that all day, every day, that's all the teachers will be talking about. Mm. Revision, okay. exams, exam preparation, this, that, the other. If he then walks through the door after having that all day and then I start asking him about it, yeah, then... You can see how that's highly likely going to tip tip over. So in terms of parental support, it's more about creating the environment that will help them to chill their brain, to calm their minds, to allow them to feel that they can get on with it. And I'm actually finding my wonderful guinea pig son that that works better the more that I invest in helping him so he's just been on a rowing camp for five days yes yeah. and most parents would go but what about revision and yeah. they did have time during their week to do revision but when he came back he was the most level the most calm and the most oh, kind of okay. together mm. and happy that mm. I've seen him in such mm. a long time and I think it's because he had five days away with his mates yeah doing a sport that he loves, you know, worked really hard, but had that real opportunity to just let go of all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So he's actually come back quite reinvigorated. And probably a lot more productive than if he'd been stuck in his room exactly. or at home having that pressure to, or, you know, being badgered to do, to do it. Exactly. And, and he's had a week where it's been his responsibility. He knows what he needs to do. Yeah. Us nagging them yeah. isn't going to make them yeah. do more work yeah it will just it, we just end up looking horns and i've learned the hard way with yeah. that okay well let's chat it let's have a let's have a quick song break and chat about that when we come back about you know specifically what as parents um some of those things that we can do to help and support them um that then doesn't 
include the nagging and then result in the explosions <laughs> and then I love a good team and explosion then it just doesn't work does it no. so we've got rewrite the stars with zach efron across the thames valley one more time across the thames valley this this is river radio Ooh. well now for some pop music try this try to hide I know you want me So don't keep saying our hands are tied You claim it's not in the cards Fate is pulling you miles away And out of reach from me But you're here in my heart So who can stop me if I decide That you're my destiny What if we Say you were made to be mine Nothing could keep us apart You'd be the one I was meant to find It's up to you and it's up to me No one can say what we get to be So why don't we Break in my head. 
and welcome back to School of Parenting with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, and my guest today is the wonderful Claire Cogan, who is chatting to us. Claire's a teen specialist uh, from Creating Calm, um, so helps us with all our teenage things that we know, <laughs> anything we want to know about our teenagers. Um, but we've been talking um, today... Um, specifically about exams um, and we've just we're having a chat there um, just on basically how it's just it's been really difficult for our students so doing the GCSEs you've, you've said the A-level students actually haven't even done those they've no. missed out on those so that real formal um, um, you know set of exams and so we've and as parents we need to acknowledge that and we need to accept that we do and actually and also if if you are finding that your your teen is is presenting as quite stressed or maybe out out to character behavior you know I've had parents who say to me oh you know my daughter's had a panic attack she's never been like that she's never had a panic attack before what's wrong with her there's nothing wrong with her it's just that the la- the the different environment that they're now in it's quite a it's quite a challenge it would be it's a challenge for us to kind of get back into what we call the real world again you know mm. they've they've kind of they've got this this you know this quite a weight on their shoulders and we need to lessen that weight really as much as we can um in terms of you know having conversations about what GCSEs actually or what exams actually mean and that they're not the be all and end all of life we know that you know we know that yes they are um a part of the journey but they're not always kind of you know for everybody and Again, this is about seeing young people as individuals, not as just sort of a number that they go through and a tick in the box. You know, I work with a lot of creative young people who really struggle with examinations and and feel like they're failures because they do, but yet they have so many many strengths in so many different other areas in their lives. Well, on that, so... um, so I know that's something that we de- that we wanted to talk about this morning about the that it's not the be all and the end all. I know in your book you've got an example of that, haven't mm. you? Tell yeah. us a bit about that because yeah. I think it is a good example because we we can as parents assume that the right path for our child, especially today versus maybe I'm thinking back a few decades ago that that actually that university is you know the path that they should take to to get that better chance because there's such a shortage of you know the right careers or jobs and all that kind of thing and then you hear stories of then graduates even coming out and then not being able to secure careers so then you Mm. think well if they didn't do that then and just not it was a bit different from say some experiences my own experience my husband's experience where you could actually just go into an area and work your way up sort of thing yeah, and I, but I also, I, I believe the tide is turning again. And, you know, in relation to university, I'll, mm. I'll talk about um, my example in a minute. But I think, you know, we've only got to look at the last couple of years and, and actually more fluidity has actually come into the world of work again and, and opportunities. Mm. And, you know, you've only got to look at what they're doing with, with um, increasing interest on student loans and kind of, you know, really changing that landscape. Um, mm. And, you know, that 
that's been in the last sort of months or so that that's been announced that's going to mean that young people are going to be paying back their education for most of their lives and so depressing it is and actually university is you know I went to university I had a great time I can't say that my academic ability increased by actually going but we have to now weigh up the cost of going versus the opportunities it lends affords us like you say beyond because um degrees are degrees but also the value of that degree over the last couple of years I've worked with university students who haven't set foot on campus Mm, for mm. the majority of their degree and they're going into their final you know be going into their final year next year and they're still not back on campus yeah you know what is the value of going to you know yeah and that's the reality some universities have taken the opportunity to actually withdraw from like the physical environment and because it's easier for them to deliver online but what's more important you know um are they still paying the same fees in that no and the universities are differing, you know, they're, they're, they're all over the country. Mm. I talked to degree students all over the country and the sands are, the things are shifting again. But I think what we've got to look at and help our young people understand, because some of the messages they get is that university is the next step on the path. And if, mm. if, if you don't get the grades and you don't get to get to your place at university and the world's going to end. Now, this is really stressful for a young person mm. who, you know, again, if we're looking at A-levels, who've never, do, didn't do GCSEs and yeah. all of a sudden it's like, well, what if I don't? What's going to happen? Mm. Well, there's there's many many more opportunities mm. out there mm. um and the example you refer to in my book is is actually supporting young people in when things don't work out the way they anticipate that they don't work out the way that they've planned in their head that mm. they you know go to um do a levels and go to uni and helping them know that that is completely okay mm. because mm. in that situation you know it was very unexpected and a path you know a path was followed you know I, I do this and I go there and that was the message that was given and then when it mm. didn't feel right that could have gone gone one or two ways and Mm. thankfully had amazingly supportive parents who Mm. were on it straight away and said it doesn't matter you do what you need to do Mm. um and if that means you come home and we look at a different way of you Mm. you you know moving forward absolutely fine Mm. what is really really important is we don't get so ingrained in the tradition of the best academic route or the best way Mm. to secure a good job and we lose by the wayside young people who don't feel it's right for them Mm. um and that that's really important because I, I, I truly believe in the next 10, 20 years that university will change again, I think, mm. because of the costs and it then becomes a very elitist system because, you know, the cost of university, mm. um, again, people will, will find find it difficult, mm. you know, to, to mm. actually go. So, um, And I guess taking away that fear or the stress around the decision, as you said, it doesn't have to be that path that no. your child takes and Mm. and also university is always going to be there I mean for me I went to university when I was 30 after having a 12-year career (laughs) so So it's not like you're completely shutting a door it's then just it's looking at different opportunities and you know because there's a just because there's an expectation that that's the next step doesn't mean you have to take it and Mm. I'm full of admiration for the young people I work with who explore alternatives despite Mm 
being pushed down that path Mm, you know mm. and pushed unconsciously pushed but pushed by through oh well you know we do UCAS exams and we do Mm. this and we have to work on that yeah if they but at at 16 17 years old some of them will only just have turned 16 you know going to a levels um and then moving you know that's incredibly young to then be Mm. looking about what I want to do you know particularly if they're professional careers um like medicine or law Mm. or whatever Mm. that's a huge step and and, you know, I personally, I went on and did a degree and then I did a master's. You know, I went into my first professional job at the age of 23. I was far too young. You know, mm. I didn't have any life experience. Mm. It was a bit mm. of a, it was a real baptism of fire. And, you know, I talk about it in my book. And I think, you know, that was because I didn't really know that there were other options. Mm. It was like, well, that was the, that was the next thing, you know, so. And it's more acceptable today. So you, you're saying about that it could, things could change. It is more acceptable today. People have several careers, different careers in their yeah. lifetime. Yeah. Don't yeah. they? It's not Absolutely. just, you need to make this decision then you go to university then you've got to stick with it and that's your that's your profession for the rest of yeah Yeah. I mean my dad still has the EBGBs about me running my own business because in his eyes you have a job you have a pension at the end of it and that's Mm. that's life and and that's their generation Mm. you know but Mm. we know that jobs aren't that they're very much more fluid now Mm. and Mm. and what's wonderful about that for our young people is as they grow and mature they might start off off on one path and then choose to go somewhere else you Mm. know again it's about not judging them you know oh well you know they can't stick at anything well no that's not true they are just trying to find what what works for them you know I know I know sort of young adults that have done very professional kind of elitist roles you know gone to very high level education establishments and ended up as yoga teachers Mm. Mm. that's okay Mm. if that if that's what makes them happy you know so yeah it's it but we have to as a different generation we have to be mindful of our own experiences and not project that onto our young people and help them know that there are lots and lots of alternatives to academics and there's there's um the uh, is it the T levels I think they're called that they're talking about the technical about? levels yeah, yeah sort of reintroducing those back in I mean that yeah. sounds from what you're saying that that is possibly a good thing it would be great if they stuck with any of these vocational levels yeah. I think this is okay. the biggest struggle yes. it's like yeah because we were exploring that when we were looking at you know just looking at the different options for for, for my son and the T levels are coming in at a very low level to start with with very kind of you know and but that is what they're trying to do they're trying to bring in more vocational right um, okay. qualifications yeah. but again it's it's whether universities will will take that on whether they'll mm. follow it on with more vocational courses you know mm. and and the cost of all of that as well because again you know we have to look at how this is all going to be funded whether parents yeah. have the finances to support their young people um, and yeah. to actually move through this um and whether sometimes actually jobs and work is best way to learn you know being with people being around different age ages and getting a bit of money in your pocket yeah absolutely and and it's it doesn't always mean that door has closed anyway 
Well, no, you can go back. You, know, be- you, know. you can go back anytime. Yeah. I think that's the beauty of yes. education now. There's a lot more flexibility. Yeah. And then hopefully for those two, because obviously because of what's happened over the last couple of years, there's also that, you know, option of when um, children defer, don't they? And then yeah. they go off and do travelling. Now, obviously yeah. the pandemic put a bit of a, you know, stopper in that. But mm. hopefully that might still be an option for, because that was something, wasn't it? People yeah. would go in and, and do a bit of travel yeah. and kind of. And again, you know. that's really good. That's mm. that should be encouraged. And I think a lot of some of the, uh, quite a few of the young people I've been working with that actually who finished their A levels last year actually deferred to this year because of all the uncertainty and yeah. the fact that everything was very still predominantly online and they didn't yes, want to go yeah. to uni in that environment. Um, so yeah, and I think you know, like you say, who's to say it has to be straight after A levels? We have they're in education from the age of pretty much four upwards mm. they go straight through to the age of 18 they're not mm. expected to stay at school or in some kind of education up mm. to the age of 18 that's a long time mm. anyway mm. and then there's that sort of oh next step go into another educational establishment mm. and for some young people they're determined they want to do it but I'm talking about the ones that may be a wavering and to know for them to know that actually that there are other options mm. that it doesn't all have to be about testing and exams and results and mm. um, success versus failure. Like the example in my book, that will have taught that young person a real life lesson that it's okay for something to not feel right mm. Mm. and that actually he's learned that some real resilience around if something challenging happens it's okay to say I don't want to do this anymore yes yeah and and in that story actually it it's you know you talk about how just by taking that step back because often those feelings are um tell us about that you said the primitive brain threat yeah so just all that stress that's kind of yeah. being and I guess that a lot of that is those outside pressures isn't it and yeah. like it's just the like, thing I need to do, I should continue this this is what's expected yeah. I've committed you know yeah, I've done it and I've said yes. I've, 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 I've sent in the form and I've yes. got the offer and <laughs> and you know it would never occur to a young person remember their brains are very very kind of black and white it would never occur to a young person that they could actually have a choice mm. if that if they haven't had that message come through. Mm. Don't be scared of giving young people choices. You know, I think there's this fear that if oh, they don't go to university and they're not in a um, in kind of a uh, occu- they're not occupied, they'll just stay in bed all day. I mean, it's like, well, no, not really. <laughs> young people, if we if we work with them in the way that you know, and we preserve their mental health and their mental well-being, they will thrive. They will find their path, but it might mm. not be the path that we think they're going to go on. And mm. as parents, that can be hard too. So so that well-being and sort of helping them and supporting them to find that, what are some of the things that we can do then? Because in the in the break, I was, I was saying to you about when it's really difficult that uh, comparing is probably the best way of describing it, but when you perhaps hear that, other students or your um your child's friends have got some impressive revision schedule in place (laughs) (laughs) and you kind of find out in the holidays that that's not the case for and like thinking oh okay have I failed (laughs) should I have um done something where do we get one of those from (laughs) can you just order it from amazon (laughs) please send me a nice fancy revision yeah so you know i'm thinking i mean my thought was have i missed something 
uh, was there an email I didn't read? <laughs> Probably. Was there a book I hadn't bought? <laughs> like, what's happened here? Yeah. So let's chat about that a bit. I mean, people just do things differently and that's, you know. Yeah, I mean, we have to honour, going back to the brain, people's brains work differently. They're, you know, we have to know that the way, um, even, you know, we do have gender differences without wanting to put, put people in boxes because we have a lot more gender fluidity now. Mm. But, you know, we people will approach things, and young people will approach things in different ways. So it always makes me smile when you talk about that revision schedule because when I first sat down with, with my son and said, right, maybe we need to make a bit of a plan. And we, we had a loose plan and that was enough for him. But I absolutely had to sit on my hands not to get my highlighter pens <laughs> out. Because, I you know, for that. me, that yeah. colour, you know, having colour and with this and... Yes yellow for this subject and green for that subject and he just rolled his eyes at me and all I did I went okay then and I just put it on the fridge and looked at it forlornly and thought that is never going to be beautiful is it and that's part of my acceptance of him and Mm. saying okay I know you don't need that I need the information please give me the information we're agreed on what I need to do for you mainly being mum taxi to various things Mm. and I need that Mm. meet me halfway here but actually I'm then gonna agree that I'm now now I know what you're doing I'm not gonna nag you um so no I think as parents we think we get all this information about how to support our young people and that is important but also you know your children and this is a great learning opportunity I've learned a lot about how my son manages himself manages his time and yeah I will sometimes go up to his room to bring a cup of tea or whatever and he's he's looking at the football results on his laptop Mm. but you know what I'm not gonna have a go at him about Mm. that because it's like it's just we do it too you Mm. know it's Mm. we shouldn't let our panic or our concerns about whether they're gonna get the results filter onto them they're under enough pressure um so if we can kind of just hover around the edges you know Mm -hmm. and just do what we think will help them just be able to function on a day-to-day basis even if it is up in a bit more and you know clean I mean can we can we balance it a bit and sort of ask them I mean I'm trying to sort of ask (laughs) in a um in a because I'm thinking I've got to do something I've got you know I, I sort of oh um so you're going to get planned to do like a little bit of revision um, for this particular test. Mm. So try and, but try and change my tone a bit as I say it, kind of not be... Maybe a bit less directive, so more okay. around, so, you know, just asking the question. So how, how, you, how are you managing your, your time to prepare? You and know. just ignore the fact that as I'm asking the question, the Xbox is on and clearly they haven't started. <laughs> the backpack has not even been unzipped. Yeah. But just let that go. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. And particularly, you know, with my son, I've noticed it's only really been in the last, I don't know, two weeks or so that he's properly stepped up to the mark. And, you know, and, and that's okay. You and know. he's got his exams in a couple of weeks. Yeah, they start mid-May. Okay. And I, and you know, I've had all of this. You know, I've had the whole, you know, people saying to me, oh, they've been, you know, they're revising from, you know, um, five, I think it was 5am in the morning to 11 o'clock at night. That's what I heard at Christmas. And I, I kind of sat on, I had to zip my <laughs> mouth and sit on my hands again and go, that is not healthy. No. Because um, that's the, the other yes. extreme we have to be aware of. We're talking yeah. about not doing revision, but there's also young people who get into a, a a spiral of over over yes. overworking and mm. that's actually quite 
quite mm. a, it's almost like oh it's reassuring to the parents because they're doing work but they're doing too much and actually yeah. it can be quite damaging it's not yeah. going to be optimum Mm. Um, and that's not they're not going to be able to maintain that as well no I wouldn't no um yeah so we have to be mindful of that too so I think I little nudges Mm. aren't are are okay we have to we have to be parents we have Mm. to kind of you know go okay we need a bit of balance here but also think about it from an educational point of view it's like they've never done this before we have so it's like well let's get a bit of balance into your day you know okay I know you want to spend time with your mates online or go for a kickabout or whatever or go out with your friends shopping yeah that's okay put that in first and then work out where you're gonna slot in the revision you'll mm-hmm. find that balance will help them a lot better than feeling like they've got to be chained to their desk all day mm-hmm. so okay well let's take a quick break and then when we come back let's talk about this the the learning styles um and also the Pomodera, is that what you, the Pomodera technique, yeah. and how how that that could be helpful for um, for our children who have got exams coming up. So we've got all about you with MacFly, Windsor, Windsor. Ascot, Ascot, Maidenhead, Maidenhead. Bracknell, Bracknell. Wokingham, Wokingham. Henley. Henley, Reading. Reading. Okay, Ta-da! the voice, River Radio of the Thames Valley. Say 
And I guess that's what we need to remember, don't we, with our our uh, teenagers doing their exams and everything, that it is, at the end of the day, it is all about them and, and I guess being that support for them and... Um, you know, helping them to make those choices, but in a supportive way. So we've been we're chatting to um, Claire Cogan, who is a teen specialist from Creating Calm, um, with myself, Rachel Tyrrell, on School of Parenting. And if you've missed um, the previous parts of the show, you can catch up on podcasts wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search for River Radio School of Parenting. It's probably a good one to listen back to. Um, so Claire has been... Um, Um, We've been chatting about how, as parents, we can help and support our teenagers who are, it might be GCSEs or A-levels or simply end of year exams, um, you know, entrance exams, all those, you know, various exams that in all the different year groups might be taking place in the next year. yeah, in the coming month and also um, and also for the future as well. So, um, Claire, we were talking about just some um, this learning styles, the different learning styles. How can we tell us a bit about those and perhaps how as parents that might help us or I don't know is that are children spoken about Are they given any information about that at school? Well, it not because that I would be helpful, so. wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking. Well, I think I think one of the, the the biggest challenges for schools is they have such a massive curriculum to deliver. They have so much content to deliver um, in classes. It can be really hard for them to then kind of diverge and and, and help them help mm. them with this. But the mm. irony is, if young people understand more about how they learn and how it can help them massively with how they. Um, how they revise yeah. and how they how they kind of you know absorb information Absolutely. about a subject so we look at different different styles so we'll all know that you know we might be um we might learn better through watching things or listening to things mm. um or even um experiencing things mm. um and also talking about things as well so i do know uh, that you know uh, teachers do give young people like an overview but maybe not enough time to explore what really works Mm, for them mm. um and I think you know there's very much the whole you write notes and then you write flashcards and then you go over it and whatever but for some people some young people that just doesn't doesn't Mm. go in um and I know a lot of them do mind mapping and things like that Mm. but one of the approaches that I find isn't used as often is the what we call the tonal so they're talking and and discussing stuff so um with my son he um you know he he loves talking about things but you have to have to capture his attention if it's not about fantasy football league then it's not relevant (laughs) in his world so you know it's kind of like uh, I often have to it's a bit like pick your moment you know it's often Mm. um so you know all the stuff that's been going on with the Marlowe um uh studio film studio and all the debates that have been going on around that and the green belt land you know Mm. we just started talking about that because he asked me a question about it and because i know from doing geography that they're doing about green belt and brown belt i just Mm. use that just to have a conversation about well these are the this is a real life situation Mm. where there's proper kind of you know debates going on about what how it's it's going to benefit and the costs and 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 the, the to it from it and all of that I said if you think about that you can then apply that to whatever case study you've got you know how Mm. controversial it can be when you live in the area and Mm. and that was really interesting because he kind of he really took that on board and it's Mm. kind of trying to look at real life examples and same as kind of looking at um 
watched one of the plays that he's doing with him on um, a few weeks ago and then we just talked through the exam questions. Now, I love English, so um, anything to do with that, but just mm. talking about it rather than writing it all down, just having yeah. a conversation about, well, you know, what do you think about that? Oh, I, I reckon, you know, that. Tell tell me mm. how you, what your thought process would be in answering that particular question. Mm. And then I'd kind of have my opinion. And that, that just sort of, it makes it a little bit more interesting for mm. them rather than sitting in front of books and writing yeah. notes and and they are actually practical ways we can help our young people. Mm. However, we have to pick our moments. And like I say, it's not necessarily, oh, we're going to do this at this time. It's like a walk into Marlowe. Talk, he asked a question about Marlowe Studio. I kind of jumped in and started using it as an mm. example of that green belt. Learning, learn what we call it, learning kind of teachable moments, which right. they're not always open to. Yeah. Um, but being mindful that these learning styles are just as valuable. These mm. conversations are just as valuable as them spending half an hour to an hour sitting in front of a book Mm. well I know when I was it's reminded me when I was back as a primary school teacher in Australia peer tutoring was a really big um, it was a concept and it was about one child talking to another child about the concept they'd just learn and just having them talking to each other and it was recognized as you know that's you know as being really beneficial or having somebody explain something to somebody yeah um it builds confidence it allows them to realize how much they know Mm. it accesses a different part of the brain um it's recall yes Mm. you know doing exam papers are good but this is good recall in a way that it just it exercises the brain it sort Mm. of shows them it reassures them well you know if they're having a moment of anxiety I don't know anything well remember that conversation where you told me this and and you explained Mm. that you know you did that amazingly well and that's real that's real Mm. we can we can reflect that back to them yes but we can't reflect back to them how many hours they've spent looking at a bit of paper going okay I've read that like 10 times I've just got to hope I'm going to remember it yes, you know so yeah. I think it's just being a little bit adaptable and, and when we talk about say kinesthetics we talk about how it feels you know how it feels what they think about a subject or a topic you know conversations about the wars you know mm. particularly with this um terrible war in Ukraine mm. you know it's kind of related you know we've sort of been looking at sort of well you know, because they've studied the the world wars and yes, and yeah. what the differences are and and what the challenges are and how how we fight wars differently and mm. you know it's 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 looking at that the real life because mm. that's much more likely to stay in their brain than pages and pages of of notes. Um, and I mean, can we as parents get more information on the curriculum? Is so, I mean, you've mentioned about the app, but mm-hmm. as in that would support your son mm. is using that for studying. But I mean, these are obviously all things we can we could just go on to Google and get an idea if if you know yeah I mean if, if you, our child's not willing to sit down and go well here's the curriculum yeah. no, we're just going to talk this through you which yeah. is just going to be highly unlikely Lucky you. yeah no that's not going to happen <laughs> um, paying attention um, mm. so all you need to know is their exam board and what this you know their topic on their exam board and you can actually look up what they're covering um and I don't really do that in that in depth I don't particularly at GCSE and lower levels I don't you know um I think it's more just it's paying attention it's like it's it's seeing the books it's like when when my son says to me oh you need to buy me this book for drama it's like oh you're you're studying that you know it's like okay so when can we go and watch it on Mm. stage when Mm. can I 
find an opportunity to get involved that's going to help I think mm. all the way through that's it's rather than being formalizing it mm. you you pick it up you pick yeah. up that they're yeah. talking about this or or studying mm. that and it won't work for all young people and I think but I think it that is a way that we can get involved but in a way that's maybe a little bit more meaningful than how much revision have you done today mm. Mm. and then I guess as a parent accepting when you can't get involved I'm still trying to figure out I think it was what's 10t minus 70 what's t in 10t minus 70 equals 19 uh, we, <laughs> i've you, gone to bed thinking about that. you lost me at 10 <laughs> <laughs> yeah going, know well, your it's, strengths it's some kind of algebra but it's just not my level i'm afraid yeah. <laughs> you're know, gonna have to know ask your, your, te- your teacher about that one yeah and um, and what's the what's that we got time to what's the pomodoro technique so the pomodoro technique i i i teach to all the young people i who currently looking at examinations and think that if they allocate three hours of revision time then that's time well spent in a day and then probably only end up doing an hour so the science behind it is that the pomodoro technique has has assessed a kind of evaluated how long the brain can focus for like properly focus I'm not talking about like Instagram on one hand in one hand and okay. you know revision. I'm talking about right do something to the mm. exclusion of everything mm. else and it's 25 minutes so really? it, yeah okay just 25 so proper minutes. proper like real efficient working 25 minutes to really get into something and really achieve mm. and then you have a short break and then you can do another 25 minutes and if you break things down to a point where you can use that 25 minutes really efficiently Mm. it's really good for the brain because if you get that 25 minutes done it's like um it's it kind of gives you that lovely brain boost the dopamine feel good reward chemical I've done that you know I've done that bit and it means that you're able to then feel more motivated to do the next 25 minutes whereas if you say right I'm going to revise for three hours Mm. usually within half an hour your brain will have gone offline anyway Mm. and it's very inefficient so I teach young people I work with to very much look at kind of breaking we we do it together in the session mm, you know particularly mm. if they're really stressed out like, tell me some subject that you're doing we break it right right down right down into a subtopic subtopic you know tell me how you could spend you know how long it would take to do that okay 20 within that 25 minutes and we focus mm. on on doing that and it allows them because a lot of them go oh so that's 25 minutes uh, that's not long mm. and it shifts Think, rather than thinking I've got so much revision to do yeah. and I, I've just got to be at my chain to my desk for yeah. hours and days and then they don't get it done because yeah. they don't feel motivated because it's just too big for them. And we the know. overwhelm as well that that it's would send them into. Yeah. yeah. And, and so the, it's a, it's, you can look it up online. It, I mean, it's, it's an, a well-known technique that is very, very valuable yeah. to teach at a young age because young people think more is longer means more means yeah. better yeah which isn't true okay okay so be more efficient yeah or in that in that time and so how can um how can people if they want to find out more um claire about the things that you do because you've got a few workshops that mm-hmm. run on these various topics how can they um find out more about you or how to work with you or your book or your journal anything basically so the book and journal are both on amazon so you can just right. put my name in <laughs> and I should I should appear. Um 
best way to learn more about what I do and what I offer is clairecogan.com which is my website um I'm no ra- I in the Claire. no I no <laughs> I um you should find me though people tend to do a google search with my eye and my name and I tend to pop up oh, so that's good it's quite nice okay. um and yeah that will have a list of the upcoming workshops I've um I have a rec- I did one on exam pressure and stress back in March um but I have the recording of that if people are interested in learning more about real the brain side mm. of it and how we can help our young people stay as stress you know limit their stress yeah because having spoken really? to a secondary school teacher the other day she's you know they've they sort of said you know they're, they're doing their best but these kids are really stressed out mm. you know mm. so anything you can do to calm your anything your your young person loves you know just yeah doing it and I guess that's the key takeaway isn't it as the parent that if we can focus on that not so much perhaps all the I mean obviously the other the tips that you've spoken about but I guess see it as our role is to create that calm space you know the Mm. nurturing the Mm. not having as you said they're getting the for want of a better word but nagging all you know all day Mm. at school so actually when they get home and we go which I sometimes do myself or what homework have you got tonight (laughs) it's probably not the best question because let's face it they know what homework they've got they know what they've got to do so Mm. yeah and it's focusing on on fun and it's also just having taken the opportunity to sit down with them and say look I know you're being told these exams are important. They are, but they're not the be all and end all. Mm. And we'll work on whatever happens. Mm. There are always opportunities to work things through. And you just do what what you feel works for you. Mm. And and that sometimes just releases a little bit of that yeah. pressure. Because yeah. sometimes they're doing it for us. Sometimes yes. they're, they're yeah. going, oh, well, mum and dad want me to do really well. And, yeah. you know, and we would never... Yeah, want them to think that, but they have their own dialogue that they mm. don't always share with us. So sometimes just being have a bit of those conversations and that reassurance. Yeah, I guess. whatever happens. And as you said, for lots of the kids, they haven't gone through this process yet. So perhaps just saying something like that is going to yeah. be enough to, as you said, yeah. release some of that. You're just amazing pressure. for the fact that you've had all this disrupted schooling and you've been tested all the way through because of these teacher assessed grades, and you're facing exams. Yeah. You, you are the first cohort to do that. Mm. So the fact that you have got to this point, you that is your achievement. Mm. The mm. fact that you've managed that beyond mm. whatever results you get are almost just sideline, yeah. should yeah. be sideline. And then and, and putting things in perspective, I think, is, uh, yeah. she said, it's not the be all and the end all. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Claire, for your time. My As always, I've learnt loads. <laughs> <laughs> so brilliant um and claire's going to be back with us um just in a few weeks talking about sleep because mm-hmm. oh it's a tough one isn't it yeah yeah especially when you te- you know your teenagers at the age where well i'm i'm off in bed i'm in bed yeah. and asleep before they've even it's always a bit of a bizarre it. scenario yeah. <laughs> even thinking about it so yeah. Um, so coming up later on River Radio is the wonderful Tara Dean with Inside the Music Scene on at seven o'clock this evening. So you can listen to um, Tara. Go along and have a look at our River Radio website and you can see the full schedule of all our wonderful shows. We've got Heather tomorrow returning pages. So if you're into your books and we've got Let's Do Business with Sophie later on in the week. Um, so go and have a see what you can listen to. Um, 
Remember, if you've missed anything, you can listen back on podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. Search for River Radio School of Parenting. Joining me next week on the show is the wonderful Melanie Perry. She's going to be chatting all about creativity and how this is really important for our children. And also, Melanie was recently featured in a national newspaper talking about the joys of um, working from home if you're a husband and wife. And I think we can all relate to that one. So, um, School of Parenting, the school you want to come back to because family life doesn't come with a manual. So, thank you so much again, Claire. My pleasure. And um, we will catch you all next week Windsor Ascot Maidenhead Bracknell Wokingham Henley Reading The Voice River Radio of the Thames Valley